This is CliffCentral.com. Hello there. Welcome to Opinion Booth. New time slot, new month, new time slot. You know, it wasn't an April Fool's uh, joke. Uh, was today, 3rd of April. My guest today, Kilebukhile. Uh, Rakudu is your maiden yes. maiden surname. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sonia, for inviting me. So, I mean, your, okay, your profile, your CV, your bio, I mean, I, I, I'd like to know. <laughs> well, I'm curious as to how many pages your CV or profile or bio would be. I mean, I'm sure it will be as thick as a dissertation <laughs> or a, a thesis for a PhD because... You are such a high achiever. You are, you are an academic, a lecturer, a tutor, a marketing guru. You call yourself a, a marketing mistress. Yes. We're going to get to that uh, <laughs> a bit, a bit later, but I like the fact that you, you've put a spin on it. You're not a marketing guru. You're not a marketing architect like some people want to, you know, call themselves. <laughs> you're a marketing mistress. You're going to, you're going to pack it, you know, and unpack it for us rather And you're also an author You're a mother But um, today we're going to be talking about All things secrets of sisterhood Yes, that is my baby My mentorship program and women's network So secrets of sisterhood um, Where we started I had this idea in Well, I was in varsity studying And staying in res In a ladies res and I've always been passionate about women empowerment and helping people, especially young girls, you know, develop and, you know, be what they need to be. So I um, conceptualized Secrets of Sisterhood. It was in 2011. And I just, you know, integrated it into my workspace because as a lecturer, I work with a lot of students, female students. And we... um yeah, we, I started recruiting my girls, you know, from my lectures and stuff. You know, I look at a girl, I'm like, ah, come, you know, um, you know, I want to work with you, I want to mentor you. So I've been running this baby for now, uh, seven years and it's going strong by the day because I've got a lot of young girls that I'm working with that I mentor, that I expose a lot of opportunities and, um, events too. So we, we, we work very well together and I have to give credit to somebody, my sister, my older sister, Mapata Ramakopa, who actually co-founded the program with me and she kept me in, you know, in place and she worked with me with some of the girls because we have like over 20 girls that have been through the program and I still have more girls that are coming in. So I have to give a lot of credit to her. So Secrets of Sisterhood is my baby and I hold it very close to my heart and it's my legacy for my daughter, Buledi, who um, I dedicated everything about the program to because she has to run with this when she's older. You get that. I love that. The fact that you've created a legacy for her. I mean, Thank she's you. a, she's a, a five year old. Now. Yes. So now tell me who molded or influenced the academic that, um, you've become. Ooh, um, blame it on the parents. Because you, you, you <laughs> highly accomplished. Thank you. Blame it on the parents. I come from a very academic family. Um, and we have parents that my mom is an academic. My dad was an ac- academic and they channeled us into that root of being like academic, you know, get your qualifications and, you know, empower yourself using education because that is something that no one will take away from you. You know, but not on that level. You get that. So I have to really blame it on the parents. And even now they're still pushing us and they push me. They push my sisters a lot. Achieve one, two, three, you know, use your, use your qualifications to brand yourself. 
um, grow in your academic journey. So it, it's, it's really interesting because I did not plan on becoming an academic. I, it, I think it was just destiny because, um, I'm a marketing, um, yeah, academic, but I thought I was going to go into industry until, well, at work, they pulled me in and they said, okay, fine, we've got a lecturing post for you. You can lecture. And I started lecturing in 2011 as well. And I've been, you know, doing it and I love it. I really, really love it because I work with a lot of students. I work with a lot of fabulous um, colleagues and we work so well with our students. Um, we love our students. We empower students and it's fulfilling to see your students thriving in industry or, you know, um, thriving while they're studying. It's, it's, it's the most beautiful feeling ever when a student says, thank you, ma'am, for helping me with this. Thank you, ma'am, for offering me this opportunity. Thank you, ma'am, for believing in me. So that is where the whole academic um, journey started from. But I, I really appreciate my job because it exposes me to so much and to so many people. And, you know, I, I never thought I'd teach because that's what it is. You're teaching, but you're also learning so much from the people that you teach because we've got brilliant students out there. You know, so I really, really appreciate the journey that I'm on as an academic. Although it's not where I wanted to be, but it's where destiny has put me at this point in time. And I truly, truly am grateful for it. So now you worked as a marketing and research assistant at uh, TUT. Yes. You are intelligent. I mean, we, we know that now after reading your, your, your very long, uh, bio as briefly as I could read it, right? Yes. So you, you, you're a young, beautiful woman. You told me your age. I mean, you're as young as 32 and yes. you look the way you do and you are so stylish. So any pickup lines from students when you are walking the <laughs> campus grounds? Oh yeah, they try. Beginning of every year, they try, but they know that you don't try that with me. So like I always say to them, they laughed when I said, when I said this to them earlier this year, that, okay guys, so a lot of you like to hit on me, right? No, I don't hit on you. So why are you doing it? You know, I don't want to hit on you. And they start laughing, but they, you know, they'll, they'll try that luck, but they know the barriers. They know that I am very strict. I don't take nonsense and they, they end up coming down, you know. Some of them don't like me because they feel like I'm too strict and I'm, I'm a bit mean. But eventually they start to grow into my character. I think we, we find our chemistry at the beginning of every year. And we grow together throughout the academic year. And when the year ends, it's like, wow, ma'am, thank you so much. You know, it was nice being in your lectures. It was nice having you as a lecturer. I always get that feedback. So I always laugh with... um my boss and mentor, Dr. Edgar Nesamvuni, who knows, because sometimes he gets complaints from students about me that I'm too mean, but he he understands. And I always say to him, you know what, Hosha, it's January, they'll, they'll hate me. Come much, we fall in love. June, oh, ma'am, okay, wow, okay. And then November, December, it's like, oh, ma'am, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Can you please teach us again, teach us again next year? And I'm like, no, it ends here with us. So it's, it's very interesting, but the male students are, they try that, 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 they are disciplined, but they will always try that like they're only human. Yeah, because I mean, I, I can only just imagine you, you know, yes, you've got your briefcase or your file, um, you know, on your hand and you're walking from one lecture room <laughs> to another. And I'm sure some of the students who are, who you are not actually lecturing will mistaken you for another student and try their luck or try and get close to you so that you can up their marks, you know. So now, 
you know about the publication, The Economist, right? It's an yes. international news publication. Yes. So they re- released a report that stated that the SA education system is one of the worst in the world. We ranked 75th out of 76, which means bottom. Bottom. Second. Yes. Bottom. Second. Yeah. SA's school results were worse than even poorer countries in other parts of Africa. As a tutor, what is your opinion on our students' performance in the maths and science world ranking? As a tutor, um, you know, it's very interesting because I feel like our educators are doing their utmost, but our students, our learners need additional support. You know, um, additional support, not only in the classroom, but outside the classroom. And I see it a lot with um, the students that I'm tutoring and how their parents call me in to come and assist their students and stuff. And I always say to them, you know what? Yes, our students have a lot to deal with. I've looked at their syllabuses and I'm like, we were not even doing that when we were in high school. So they have a lot of pressure and they're not taught on how to cope with the pressure and how to, you know, navigate around all these contents and all these subjects. And that is a problem, and that's what leads most of them to actually underperforming. But with the right support and, you know, the right resources, they can actually improve. And I believe that that is what we need to invest in as educators and as, you know, um, parents as well, because my daughter's soon going to go into grade one, and she's going to probably form part of the stats if she doesn't get the right support. So it's... Giving them the support and as well as, you know, allowing them to also express themselves because with maths and science, maths and science are very like complex subjects. But if you ask them, you know, how do you understand the sum or how do you understand the subject and give them the opportunity to express themselves, that builds confidence in the student or in the learner and they're able to actually you know, get rid of the fear and anxiety and that will help with the learning process because a lot of them get paralyzed by fear and anxiety and hence they don't perform well. And those are things that in the classroom, if you're a teacher dealing with about 30 students, 30 learners, you're not able to give each learner individual attention and that is a contributing factor as well. But the additional support on the side can really um, help improve, you know, the results and change the, the status quo that we're dealing with now. And now, as an academic, what is your opinion on the 30% pass rate? If you were the decision maker, what would you settle it? I would take it up to 60%. 60? 60, because we are limiting our students with 30%. We're saying to them that, oh, no, you're worthy of 30%. And... It, it, it sets a very, um, negative, you know, benchmark to work with because when they get to varsity, a lot of them cannot cope because go varsity, I want 30%. It's 50% and above and you have to get an entry mark of 40%. So if you're already used to thinking, oh, no, I can get away, I can get away with 30%. What does it do to you as a student in the future? And as well as, you know, for job um, readiness as well, because they're not going to ask for 30% delivery from you. They want 100% delivery from you. So what are we doing to our youth with a 30% pass rate? So I would take it up to 60%. Uh, 50, years it's standard, but 60 just to push them a bit extra and to challenge them as well because our students need to be challenged. At this point in time, I feel like we're just spoon-feeding them and that is where we're paralyzing them as parents and as educators. Isn't the problem at the foundation phase? Isn't that where sh- the focus should be? Yes, at foundation phase, because foundation is, if, if the foundation is not right, your 
building or your structure is not going to be correct. And that is where you're going to start finding cracks as they move up. So local foundation is very, very important to actually, you know, lay the foundation and get our students used to a work ethic, you know, help them build up a very strong work ethic because work ethic is not only necessary for foundation and secondary and tertiary, but it's a lifelong skill. You know, you need the work ethic to get through life, to navigate around, you know, the challenges and Anything that comes up. So if you don't have the work ethic or you're not used to a certain work ethic, you are bound to have some challenges as you go along the journey. So now you are also a student mentorship representative council member. Sure, that's a mouthful, eh? Um, <laughs> at, at TUT. What are your responsibilities? Okay, so I coordinate our department's um, mentorship program. I've been coordinating it as well for six years now where we recruit students and we train them to become student mentors where they improve, they help other students who are struggling academically. And this actually contributes to us the success rate of our department um, or, or of the institution. So we work with these students, they get trained, and then they get allocated students to mentor, and then they have to submit monthly reports. So I'm just coordinating that. As you know, one of my um, duties at work, and it's it's nice, it's challenging because you're dealing with a lot of students, and you deal with a lot of other students that actually need the help, and you have to also work hand in hand with your student mentors so that they're able to get the right support they need in terms of dealing with other students because you get issues that you know um you know you think you're better than me because now you're mentoring me in, in but you have to give the students the right support in order for them to thrive in what they're doing as student mentors, yeah. Okay, so you also, I mean, sure, <laughs> I could go on and on and on about the duties, roles, responsibilities, and the titles that you have. It's, I mean, I'm, I get overwhelmed. I mean, I, I got overwhelmed yesterday just reading your profile, and, and I couldn't keep track. And I'm thinking... Does this woman have more than 24 hours? You know, the, the, the narrative out there or the notion out there is that someone like Beyonce definitely has more than 24 hours in a day because she, she's, she's a high achiever, but she's doing so much and she makes some of us look like lazy or look like we not progressing or doing anything. You know, I mean, I'd like to know how many hours you sleep a day. It's probably four hours a day, but you don't even look like it. So now, the Marketing Association of South Africa, which is a highly respected organization or body, if you can call it that, you also a member of that. You're also a member of the Businesswoman uh, Association of South Africa, another highly respected organization. What more do you need to achieve still? And, and you're only 32. <laughs> Sonia, Luana, your profile, I went through it and you are doing so much. My, my profile is you nothing doing compared to so yours. So much. Mm. You're doing so much. Nah, you, you, you are too, you are too kind, but don't, uh, don't, don't try and switch things around. <laughs> now. That, that's your humility coming through and I love that about, uh, about you. You know, Thank the fact you. that you're able to so quickly shift your focus elsewhere, but this is not about me. This is about you. <laughs> so now, Please enlighten us on the CEO magazine's Mentor Me 247 mentorship program. Okay, I was selected to partake in that mentorship program in 2013. And thank you once again to my boss, that one that I mentioned. He nominated about four colleagues from our faculty to actually partake in that program. And I was selected. I had actually just had my baby, my daughter. I was at home on maternity leave and... Yeah, I get this email. I need to apply and submit an application like tomorrow. So I did that and then I got selected. And I had the opportunity to be uh, mentored by Mrs. Ku Govinda. 
Um, we worked very well together and, you know, we shared a lot of ideas. We had very good chemistry between us. And then I graduated from the program in, it was in 2014. And from there onwards, um, I found myself nominated for one of their, I think it's the most influential woman, but in the academic, um, sector. So I was nominated for that, but I didn't make it in, which was also fine. But it was a very interesting program because you're dealing with a lot of um, professionals because I'm an academic, but then I came across other women out there that are doing wonderful things. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, wow, <laughs> you know, it's really happening out there. So I got a lot of exposure and it did a lot of good for my CV and my experience and my growth as well as a young woman. So it was quite a, it was quite something to be part of that program. And I believe they still continue it now. And they've also added um, males to the program as well. So it's very, very, very nice. I like that because I think the boy child feels yes. neglected because so much focus has been on the girl child for many years. R- rightly so, because, I mean, we, we're really just trying to balance the scales yes. here, you know. Yes. We're not being entirely feminist, you know, because, you know, I've, I've got two <laughs> boys, so I... I I love it. Or, or when I hear of such programs that cater for a bull child, I'm very happy. So now another title, social entrepreneur. Yeah. So I believe you also mentor entrepreneurs on their startups as well. Yes. I mentor mostly my students um, because I've got this um, belief in class that I'm not, you know, you're not there to just graduate and then life goes on. A lot of you are not going to get jobs because we know what the unemployment rate that our graduates in our country is scaringly high. So I encourage my students to um, start up, start something small. You know, um, you're a marketing student, run a promotions company, where in you attract clients. Because I've got a student that's actually doing that now. Um, you know, use your skill, use your passion. What are you passionate about? Are you good at baking? Are you good at, you know, making clothes? Use that to actually generate additional income for yourself as well as to develop your skill in what you're studying. Because at the end of the day, truth is not everybody's going to be placed in a job or in some company in the future. So that is what I do. So I coach a lot of my students and they come with me with their business plans, marketing plans. Ma'am, please help me with one, two, three. And I'm readily available to assist them. It's a, it's a lot of work. But it it fulfills me in many ways because I get to see them thriving. You know, some of them won't come to class because it's like, I go back, I got today, you know, I'm going to make that money. But they, they, they come back and say, you know what, I need help with one, two, three. Can you help me? And it fulfills me to see that they're being challenged. They are, you know, persevering and they're actually developing a sense of independence. Instead of having to sit and feel entitled to something, they're actually creating something which in turn empowers other students and other people around them. So that is what I do as, yes, a social entrepreneur with my students. No, because I mean, like you said, the states, if I'm correct, it's uh, 27% that Mm. we're standing at of the unemployed youth in this country. And I think you've uh, touched on something very important, that job creation, entrepreneurship. Yes. I think it's the best way that's going to lower the unemployment unemployment. percentage, right? So now you are an alumni of young <laughs> African Leaders Initiative. <laughs> are you are you are you blushing? I mean I'm, I'm looking at you and I remember a tweet the other day by Shoka Munga. 
uh, who to, he 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 profiles uh, high achievers out there, not just high achievers, but pe- people in 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 communities that we we don't get to hear about, or people who are not celebrated um, enough because some of them that's not the reason why they you know involved in community building or why they. Um, Challenging themselves in whatever industry or uh, uh, specter that they involved in, so he profiles a lot of them. And and one of the things that he tweeted the other day was a mother and daughter team, if I can call it that, who graduated on the same, I mean, the, the same day, same podium, same yes. varsity, mm-hmm. different degrees, obviously, but the mother has ten degrees. Mm-hmm. I saw that. That blew me away, and what shocked me was just the response. I thought I, th- I think you saw my tweet, my response to some of the tweets, where they were criticizing this woman for having so many degrees. And I blatantly said it that you know what, everybody has their own journeys and visions and paths, and we all actualize ourselves in different ways. And I will definitely have I will do the same for my daughter if I see that she needs the right support. You know, because the academic journey is not easy. Varsity is not easy for a lot of students. Coping and, you know, you have that three years to live. You have that three years to build yourself, to get the qualification, to grow up as well and become independent. So it's not easy. And I really applaud that woman for doing that for her daughter. It's one of the greatest gifts that I believe a, a, a mother can give to that child. You know, because we all, you know, shower our kids with different gifts, material things, you know, emotionally and otherwise. But that was a huge sacrifice that that woman made for her daughter. I mean, one of the comments, I mean, because, I mean, Twitter, Twitter ain't for the faint-hearted. I mean, you have to have an extra, extra, extra thick skin to survive Twitter because not only do you have the Twitter bullies, you have tours, (laughs) you have black Twitter as well, which is another community altogether. But I I, I saw one of the comments along the lines of uh, how, what are you going to do with 10 degrees? She lacks vision and direction. I didn't understand that. I saw that as well. And what is wrong with having 10 degrees? Because as it is, because I thought about it and I'm like, okay, fine. So she got her junior degree. She got her master's degree. And I think she has a doctorate because I saw her um, regalia. And that's already like three degrees. And then if you want to add on, what's wrong with that? Because we all actualize ourselves differently, you know. And what is it that she doesn't, what, she doesn't have vision. Okay. Visionary young because for you to take up an academic degree or to um, start studying again, it's not for child's play. Exactly. And why now downplay the education? You know, that is what works for her. And for some of us, she is an inspiration because I look up to a lot of academic women. Um, and I'm like, I want to be there. You know, I want to have more degrees. I want to, you know, um, enrich myself with education. So what is wrong with that? Does it mean that I lack a vision? Because I think that is my vision and that is what I aspire to and I'm going to make it happen. So I, I just felt like, you know, some of the people on Twitter were just a bit like just unreasonable. And some are just dumb. Right, yeah. just dumb. I mean, you some, said, you some, said it. some 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 people make you understand why data is so expensive. Yes. They should not have access to their tablets yes. or their cell phones. So you, your your other role is as a community builder. You help to raise funds for your neighborhood for a library. Yes. Yes, I did that. Big up school. I mean, Thank I'm, you. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you as a sister who is doing incredible things, a selfless 
a selfless human being at the age of 32, I don't know where you get the wisdom from. I can only imagine or assume that you're an old soul and that you've lived millions of years like a dinosaur. <laughs> you, you, you also, a, a, you, you are a philanthropist oh, at heart. What prompted you and your friends to adopt a home in Pretoria North? Um, it's okay. There's a lot of, Kids that are, you know, orphaned and that are going through the social system, yeah, adoption and everything. So I was actually looking for a home because my daughter has a lot of clothes and, you know, toys and stuff that sometimes we need to give away. And I just thought, you know what, instead of, you know, giving them away maybe to, let's say, family, there's another child that needs them because... We, you know, within the family, we know how to support each other and we, we understand our dynamics and our backgrounds. But there's somebody out there who really needs that and I know they're going to appreciate it more and I know it's going to make a difference in their life. So my friend and I, Michelle, um, we found this home and we started buying like tables and chairs for the kids, play mats, and then, you know, went and spent time with the kids as well. And it was, it was beautiful because these kids don't have parents and they're living with like um, adoptive parents that are waiting to be placed into a family set up. These kids come from very abusive backgrounds and, you know, there's some, some of the stories touch me because they're as young as a year old. You know, the, the oldest child in that group, I think she was about 12. And some of the stories that I heard touched me and I'm like, you know what? It's not every day where people get the opportunity to... um you know, to live the way some of us live, you know, we're privileged and we need to acknowledge that. But where you can assist people, do that wholeheartedly. And it's not about getting anything in return. It's about knowing that a life has been touched and this child will appreciate these clothes. It's when winter's coming up now. This child has never had access to toys. You know, they don't know how a play mat looks. They don't get the opportunity to actually be taken out on an excursion or to go and eat ice cream. So do that for the kids and, you know, enlighten them and, you know, make them feel special because they're so special human beings. And we forget that they don't ask to be here. They don't ask to be part of the social ills that we have. These kids are just born into a world and they have to adapt. And a lot of them don't have that love and support. So it was out of that. And I thought, you know, if anything has to happen to my daughter, and let's say family is family, but if anything has to happen to my daughter, what's going to happen to her? Because somebody else has to step in. You know, if anything has to happen to me, somebody else has to step in for and play that role as a mother. So you're not only a mother or a parent to your own offspring, but to other kids that are around. Because, you know, what, what, what touched me was that some of the kids were not wanted by their parents. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to judge. Because obviously there's other factors that play a role, but if you've got that bit of extra love to give, why not? Exactly. You know, so. Kudos uh, to you. Thank you. And I took my daughter with, we actually took our daughters with, and we showed them that this is how other kids live. So be very grateful for that ice cream that you get. And don't have a sense of entitlement. Don't have a sense of entitlement. Realize how privileged you are. Exactly. And know that these are your friends as well. So yeah, it, it, it was really touching, but. Humbling as well You know There's nothing that warms my heart Like a child smile Now tell me how it felt When you were named Global champion For <laughs> United Nations Empower women Well that That shocked me <laughs> That shocked me Because It happened at a time where 
a lot of things were happening in my life. Like, you know, I was making so many adjustments. And I remember um, we were supposed to partake on an online rally. And yes, I did partake, but I was like, you know what, even if it doesn't happen, it will happen next year. I'll apply again next year. And I remember that morning, it was Sunday morning where I logged onto my Facebook and my friend Michelle, because Michelle was also a global champion for change in 2015. So she tagged me in a post and I'm like, what? Hack a check. I was like, oh, I made it in. And I could not believe it. Like, you know, when, when you're shaking because I didn't anticipate it, but I believe it came at the right time. And it was really humbling. It was really humbling. We got to work with other women from like other countries. We were mentored by um, a lady, a doctor called um, Sushi, and she's based in India. So we used to correspond a lot via, you know, email and WhatsApp. And it was really a humbling experience. I've made a lot of friends and we collaborate on certain projects and certain publications. And it was also very challenging. So it was quite humbling. I mean, what you, you just mentioned publications. Is that one of, I mean, your other role is that you co-authored, <laughs> you co-authored two marketing textbooks for media and advertising. She's laughing because she can't keep up with her own profile. <laughs> I'm going all over, all over the place on my notes because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I've left anything out. And I mean, we still have another 25 minutes oh on the show to go. And I still have like three pages of a profile to go through. So you, 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 you contributed towards, uh, as I said, two marketing textbooks. I mean, it's a great feat. I mean, publishing yes. ain't for the faint hearted. No, and then you also co-authored an article on in a life, I love this art, uh, title: Personalization for Brands and Branding, Twenty First Edition. Yes. What don't you do? Um, because if I were to ask you, what do you do? I mean, then we could be here for you know more than an <laughs> hour, more than a day. We could still be unpacking your your, your profile. I I don't know. I'm I'm just a hustler. <laughs> She's just a hustler. Look at I her. I hustle. Look, look and at her trying, trying. Oh, and she's no, I'm blushing so as well. <laughs> I'm a hustler. And, you know, I've realized that there's so many opportunities. Firstly, um, especially in the marketing industry, we all know that a lot of black people are now starting to come up. We're having a lot of black, you know, uh, um, marketers that are doing such great things. But in terms of, you know, our literature and our books, publications, we don't have a lot of content that has been actually written and produced by, you know, black people. So that was one of my, you know, one of my goals. What I, yes, I'm an academic, but I can't just be an academic when who doesn't publish publish anything. And I hustled for those opportunities. You know, I put my foot forward. I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to contact these people. And I was fortunate, Hore, I had um, Dr. Sarah Britton. Um, she actually helped us with the with the article with the article for personalization for brands and branding. And we the article I worked on it with one of my former colleagues and it made it in. Like we, we were actually shocked. And then the other two chapters that I contributed to was these two marketing textbooks. They it was through networking with my colleagues because what I do is that I will you know, if I find an opportunity, I will share it with somebody. So that's what happens. So that's how it came about. And all of that was happening at a very crazy time in my life, coming to think of it, you know, but it's all, like the, all, the products are now starting to show, you know, that even in the midst of adversity, you can still, you know, plant your seeds 
and then watch them sew, you know, reap what you sow. And that is coming, cause now I can reflect. I'm like, wow, <laughs> a lot was going on at that time, but yeah, I've done it and I'm still going to do it again. So now tell me about your daughter, Buledi. Oh. Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what Buledi means, but I know it represents intuition and enlightenment. Okay. Buledi. It's a totem gasipedi, which um, describes a very outspoken and caring woman <laughs> and a lady as well. And she's exactly that. For those that know my daughter, <laughs> they'll tell you that she uh-huh. is on like some other tip, but she is such a beautiful soul. She's my reason and my purpose for, you know, living and for dr- thriving and doing whatever that I do. And, you know, one can never be prepared for motherhood. That's just one thing for sure. You can never be prepared for motherhood and the challenges that come with motherhood. But she makes the journey so easy because she's like my mini me, my best friend, you know. So she is such a lovely little soul. And, yeah, you know, I'm getting all emotional. <laughs> uh, but I love my baby. I love her. I, 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 I know that. I can see it. I mean, you don't even need to say it. And I'm, I'm sure she knows that as well. So now tell me about Kile the marketing mistress. Kitisha marketing, election marketing mistress. Okay, so, so it's, oh, okay, because I had initially when I saw it, I mean, I, I had dirty thoughts yes. in, my, in my head, you know. <laughs> let me make <laughs> you laugh. So let me make you laugh. So normally when people ask me, what is it that you do? And I'm like, I'm a mistress. I, I imagine a French mistress kind of, yes. kind of thing. Yeah. So they're like, mistress, how is that possible? And I'm like, teachers for mistress. I see. Okay, yes. but, but are people still using that now? I mean, I thought that was like old school. Like some, um, you in know, some schools, okay. they still do. So I'm like, that's where it comes from. So, so not, te- not teacher, teacher, it would be mistress, mistress or ma'am. But hmm. I'm like, I, I teach marketing. That's what I do for a living. That is my bread and butter. Uh-huh. You know, so can you stress on marketing? No, in, I, I at first <laughs> I imagine you in an, in an outfit, you know, with a ruler in hand, you know, looking at the. Chalk <laughs> Board. Okay, let me let me move on, you know, because my son my son might be listening to this. And yeah, oh my gosh. I won't be winning that Parent of the Year award. That's for sure if I continue. So let's move on. So now the grooming the future marketers initiative. What was your involvement there? Okay, that is one of my other babies that I started off at TUT, where I brought industry to academia collaborated with um, certain industry players like your Andy Rice and your companies like Interbrand Africa. And they would come and actually address my students. So I'd host seminars where the students have to dress up because now I believe you are not going to sell the product to me if you cannot sell yourself. And it's with personal branding as well. Absolutely. Yes. So it was that. So industry came to academia. They spoke to the students. They groomed them. They told them about the expectations of the industry from marketing graduates. And, you know, I continued this even in my classrooms because after you do a certain chapter or maybe four chapters, you're going to dress up. You're going to go and get clothes. You're going to look fancy and you're going to present your work to us. So a lot of students were resistant towards it. And at first I got a lot of, you know, funny comments. You're trying to turn us into Banabaku Yuji. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong with that? So eventually, you know, it, it taught the students something that you need as a marketer and anyway, as a person, you're a brand, you need to know how to sell yourself. You sell yourself verbally and, you know, non-verbally. And if you don't know how to do that now, 
Are you going to wait till you get a job interview to be able to know how to do that? Is your first experience of dressing up formally going to be when you go for that interview, when you get, get into the workspace? And how are you presenting yourself to people? You know, how are you using social media? How are you dressing up? And I just say to them, if you're going to be under my wing, you're going to get those. So by the time you graduate, you know how to dress up, you know how to apply makeup properly, you know how to articulate yourself as well. You know how to draft a CV and how to use your CV effectively to market yourself. You know how to hustle. So that is where the whole um, initiative came from. And I'm truly blessed, honestly, truly, truly blessed to have the support that I got from work because it's not every day where such initiatives are supported. So I would organize these seminars and they would organize like food packages for the students and, you know, little prices for the students and stuff. So that helped a lot. But I have to really acknowledge um, the work environment that I'm in because as difficult as it is, you know, we want to always bring in change and innovativeness. And this was one of my babies and it was welcomed with open arms. Hmm. Okay. So now you are currently completing your training as a life coach, <laughs> specializing in tongue twister, neurolinguistics programming. I mean, black Twitter would say, yo, sister, balance me on that, please. Neuro what? <laughs> linguistics programming. <laughs> Yes, I'm finishing that. That's a birthday present to myself. Oh, what is it? Okay, it's basically you're dealing with neurolinguistics. So you're dealing with the mind. You know, um, you're working with the mind. You are tapping deeper into the mind and in order to influence it positively. So as um, a life coach, you need to be able to access people and, you know, touch them in places that they would never even imagine for their head, you know. So that's what the, the, the whole life coaching is. So what I did is that I just said to myself, I work with a lot of people on a regular basis and I do mentoring, I do coaching. So why don't I just do my own thing and also use it as, you know, I'm going, I'm planning on starting up as well, but use it to touch lives because we don't have a lot of black life coaches specializing in this. So use it to touch lives. And I already have like a client, you know, clientele. I just need to start up. But that is also more for my personal growth as well because um, through experiences and, you know, the journey that I've been on, I've had to learn a lot and I've had to reinvent myself and take out I the bad. What was that word again? Reinvent. Of course. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so I had to, I have to reinvent myself. I'm, I'm, I'm in that process right now. I'm transitioning and the life coaching does not only help with other people, but it also helps with you as an individual. You get to highlight certain weaknesses and certain strengths that you need to work on. And you get to understand yourself better as a person, you know. So it's also a gift to myself. Um, and that's why I told myself, this year I'm doing it. It's my birthday present to myself. Even if it's going to cost me this much, I will find a way of just doing it because I owe it to myself. When's your birthday? 16th of February. Oh, so it's passed already. Yes. Okay, so it was you. It was gifted for this yes. year, 2018. Yes. Okay. Next up, I'm going to give you names of individuals, and you're going to give me the first word, one word that comes to mind. No ifs, no buts, no nada. Okay. One word. First word that can comes to mind. Professor Mamucheti Packing. Inspirational. Budi Manamela. Mm, uh, yes. <laughs> is that your word? Yes. yes. Your word is yes. Yes, my word is yes. 
Okay, no comment. Okay, so for Professor Babungheti Pakeng, you said inspirational. For Buti Manamela, you hesitated and then you went yes. Okay. Banyaza Lufi Sufi. Yeah, excellence. Hmm. And Jimotech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't really say the word, I'm so yeah, it's okay. all good. That's, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. Naladi Pando. Very articulate. Professor Adam Habib. Enlightening. Professor Mary McCalf. Mm, interesting individual. Okay. Kilebukhile. Ramokhopa. It was lovely. It was actually, no, lovely. The lady next door is lovely. Wow. You, you are beyond <laughs> lovely. You are inspiration personified. And I mean, at the age of 32, your peers should be ashamed because you make, you know, many of our deeds some insignificant. I mean, I know it's not your intention, but I mean, I am going back home now and, uh, I was planning to, you know, do very little, uh, cause yesterday I worked when I was supposed to be <laughs> relaxing on a public uh, holiday. So today's my rest day, but, um, I'm going straight to the office and I'm working on that proposal that I've been postponing because you've made me seem like an underachiever, no, which, we- which, which which Excuse is not me, a, we're looking which at is not books. A, which is not a, a great thing. We looking like at two of your books right now. <laughs> she's she's changing she's changing the subject now. You are an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I'm glad that I caught you during recess because you're going back to lecture rooms. You re, you're going back on um, in um, a couple of weeks in a week's Monday. time. Monday, I think Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. All the best for the year. Thank you so much, and thank you for the opportunity and. You know, I'm truly humbled. I did not expect this, but I'm truly humbled. And I hope that, you know, not only will my story and my journey inspire other people, because you can achieve anything that you want to achieve, but you need to believe in yourself in order to achieve that. So push against all odds and don't let anything or anyone tell you that you can't do it because you can do it. Because your dreams are valid. Yes, they're valid and they're important. No matter how big, how stupid or how extraordinary to someone else's mind, your dreams are valid. Exactly. So now tell me if there's young girls out there who are listening and they are wanting you to mentor them, are you available? And if so, how can they get a hold of you? Twitter. Your Twitter handle? It's Lebo Ramukhopa. Okay. Thank you. Lebo Ramukhopa straight up. Um, and then, okay, I'm not that active on Facebook anymore, but they can also get a hold of me on my Instagram because okay. they can always inbox me on Instagram. It's also Lebo Ramukhopa. Yes. Yeah. And then you're also on LinkedIn. Yes, I'm also of on LinkedIn. Course you're yes, on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I promote my brand through LinkedIn. Absolutely. I mean, you know all about brands and personal Thank branding. You. Thank you so much for so coming much. on the Opinion Booth. Thank you. I'm truly humbled. The first guest on the new time slot. Wow. So don't forget, from now on, <laughs> we moved from 11 to 1 p.m. My humble opinion, after all, this is the Opinion Booth, and these come in the words of Tony Robbins. I'm sure many of you know him. He goes, only those who have learned the power of sincere and selfless contribution experience life's deepest joy, which is true fulfillment. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.